everyone, it's Eden, and welcome to episode 7 of Undressing Fashion. In this episode, we speak with Leslie Gutstein, who is a wardrobe consultant and the owner of an online boutique called Atari that focuses on modest fashion. Leslie identifies as an Orthodox Jew and dresses in accordance to Jewish law, which led her to create a modest fashion platform to inspire other women. She graduated with a degree in merchandise management from the International Academy of Design and Technology, but Leslie found herself working at her family-owned insurance agency as an insurance broker. Eight years and four kids later, Leslie turned the constant dreaming and passion for fashion into reality with her boutique, and she's also a style and wardrobe consultant. While Leslie is not a clinical psychologist, she is a busy mom, so she knows how our ever-changing lifestyles can affect women's confidence and motivation, and she understands the significance of psychology behind fashion and style. She believes that every woman, no matter what shape or size, deserves to be the best version of herself. This episode is going to focus on a conversation about modest fashion, which refers to a fashion movement for a group of women who desire to cover up certain parts of their bodies. There is no formal definition of modest fashion, as it remains ambiguous and differs for each individual. This causes confusion for the fashion industry, as they don't always know how to adequately supply this group. But this ambiguity is not necessarily negative, as it rather allows us to dig deeper and open up the conversation about what modest fashion means to individuals of various faiths. In the US and Canada, various faith groups, predominantly but not exclusively, ultra-Orthodox and modern Orthodox Jews, Muslims, and some Christian groups like Mormons have all recently contributed to a major increase in sales for modest clothing. In the UK, Muslim designers and entrepreneurs have led the way in the development of the niche market of modest clothing. It's projected that modest fashion sales in the UK alone are estimated to reach $467 billion by 2020. Maybe it's not such a niche market after all. So in this episode, Megan and Leslie, who know each other personally, have a conversation about Leslie's opinions on modest fashion and the changing landscape, especially social media, that has given rise to the modest fashion movement. So without any further ado, here are Megan and Leslie. You're here with your host, Megan. And our guest today is Leslie Gutsting, who's a consultant and stylist and has her own online e-boutique focusing on modest fashion. Hi, thank you for having me. Leslie identifies as a Jewish Orthodox woman. And so if you can just explain to the listeners like what that means in relation to your clothing. Sure. So I, I follow the guidelines according to Jewish law. I uh, cover my arm to my elbow, I wear skirts to my knee, I don't wear pants, and I cover you know, my chest area to my collarbone, uh, things like that. So. Right, and you said that it's different for... Yeah, every, I pe- think... There's like a spectrum. Right, basically. so according to your religious level, everyone takes modesty personally, I believe. You know, some people... Um, do different things. So that's just what I do. Um, it's a personal choice. Okay. And I know that people of other religions cover up in different ways. They, they wear pants, but it's still, mm-hmm. um, they won't wear shorts or right. there's just certain just religious laws that they follow. So we've talked about before about how the way you dress is associated with your identity, 
and the way you want to represent yourself and the social and religious groups you want to be a part of. Because if you want to be part of the Orthodox community, as you're saying in Judaism, you need to wear right. certain um, clothes that fit certain guidelines. Right. The way you dress really it influences it influences how we view and interact the world in large. So I think that it also connects us to certain communities or things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. We were speaking about before how back in the day, like 10, 15 years ago, you'd have to go to special stores mm-hmm. to get cute clothes that you would fit the modest guidelines. Guidelines, yeah. exactly. As a result, you, you couldn't express yourself as much, right? But now modest fashion allows you to be creative and there's so many more options and there's so many more brands that have that um, represent this niche market. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that you're able to be more creative? Do you feel that you're represented more in the fashion industry? Yeah, I definitely think that modest fashion is is on the rise. You can find modest fashion in most um, department stores. Um, you know, like Zara is a big one that a lot of people shop at. They have lots, a lot of modest fashion choices. And, you know, department stores like Neiman Marcus, Bloomingdale's, they all have modest fashion, and it's definitely more on the rise. There are also a lot of, there are many new designers, Jewish designers. So, you know, Instagram and, and Facebook, a lot of social media, it, it really connects us, um, you know, online, e-commerce. You have a lot more choices now. So because there's this big boom in the modest fashion revolution, can you... So you can dress modestly and fashionably at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive anymore. And did you personally feel that this was lacking before? Or was it didn't affect you as much? I think it or? was definitely harder to find uh, you know, modest clothing that was also modern and trendy. It's, become, it's definitely become easier uh, because of the rise of influencers and bloggers and, and mainstream brands mainstream campaigns brands. and models yeah. who are dressing modestly yeah. right right so you do you identify with like general fashion trends in that you see in vogue or in magazines or i'm not exactly sure what sources you look at mm-hmm. to um well, you can find get your if- fashion inspiration but yeah do you find it difficult to see yourself represented in the fashion media um, I don't think so. I think there are definitely modest, there's definitely inspiration to take from the runway. You don't have, you know, you could take inspiration from a color or, you know, material and, and make it your own. So there's inspiration everywhere. As far as being Jewish and being represented, you know, there's not that, I don't think there are that many in in the in the grand scheme of things, but I think that with the Jewish designers on the rise, I think it, we will be, you know, represented in, in a gonna, bigger picture. So we are going to try to get people from other um, religions to speak about their take on it as well. Mm-hmm. But just some example of some like Melanie Turk, Nir Fatin, Ruba Zai, they're all influenced that wear hijabs. So they're, like Muslim models who wear the headscarf or hijab and they're, they're starring in these ad campaigns. And you're right. I'm not sure I've seen any yet with like Orthodox Jews, but maybe that 
will happen one day. I, I hope. Yeah, I cool. mean, yeah, that that would be great. And um, but I do know like the frock in New York, which is that really big modest fashion brand, and Adi Hemen, who's the blogger of Fabology. Those are modest Jewish bloggers. Like it's slow. It's slowly getting there. Right. So. I think also people, you know, bloggers and, and influencers and, and just, um, I think in general, people have been more creative in their modest fashion and, and kind of adapting, um, you know, street style into making it more modest, um, you know, be it layers or, or things like that. So there's definitely ways to make it, take inspiration and make it your own and make it more modest. Yeah. I read that one blogger said that now there's modest fashion for every day of the week that people are seeing that there's influences all around them and that there's trends that they can actually participate in. I feel a lot of, um, because as you know, I'm part of the Jew, I'm Jewish as well. And I have pretty ultra religious cousins. And I see a lot of times that they love to dress like very beautifully and want to have mm -hmm. more, but they have to sometimes buy extra fabric right. and it can be expensive. Like yeah. they have to buy two dresses almost to right. make one dress. Right. And you probably have to be of a certain economic level. You have to, it's, or you have to really, put, I don't know what, put money on credit. You have to, right. It becomes expensive. It is very expensive. Especially yes. if you're like into designers or something that is really expensive. Right, but, right. So, but I mean, now that there's so many choices, especially, you know, contemporary styles, you know, Zara. Um, you can really find a lot online as well, you know, like Amazon fashion, things like that. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to compromise your modesty because um, you're on a budget. There are definitely so many different levels of budgets. And, no, of course. So, but, it's, yeah. but it's great that now modest fashion is represented in all levels. Right, right. Um, and what I also noticed was that Marks and Spencer, which is one of the largest department stores in the UK, now has an online search category for modest fashion. Oh, yeah, that's cool. It's really hard to find uh, modest fashion, not necessarily online, but according to, let's say, my standards. You know, you could have long sleeves and it could be down to your knee, and then the whole back is totally open. So it kind of takes away from the modesty. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, it's definitely, that would be really helpful because we need extra filters under the modest right. fashion that can even let you filter more. Yeah, for sure. With AI and data, that is so simple. Mm -hmm. So they, that just needs to A lot to of times, like if it's see-through, you know, it's not, you have to wear something layer under it or something. So that's kind of annoying. I definitely try to keep away from that, but it kind of takes away from, you know, the style, but yeah. And so another research paper that was actually, um, it's it's by Alcee Athlin in College of Fashion where I went to school, that they look at how the internet and social media provide a platform for people from different communities, so inter and intrafaith, and how modest fashion is kind of giving like a common ground mm -hmm. for people to like come together and like build a community in ways that like it was kind of taboo to speak about this before mm -hmm. within religious circles about you. People just weren't included in the fashion conversation before bloggers and before Instagram and before social media allowed. Right. They kind of... Um, I think it definitely connects all the faiths because there are so many different um, online stores. So 
you know, Jewish women will buy from the Christian stores or even Muslim stores and Christians will buy from the Jewish stores. So it really does connect um, religious faiths, you know, on a different level. Right. Because um, we all have something in common. We all want to dress in a certain way. So. so you have felt this experience. I've seen, yeah, I've seen, you know, bloggers and influencers connect with other, you know, connect with each other too. Because, you know, if maybe Christian... Uh, and a Christian blogger is wearing a Jewish designer, things like that. So, yeah, it's kind of cool to see. Right. It's a big influence. And I call it, in this article, it's called Netiquette. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the thoughtful new Netiquette that you create through talking to other people who are like you and Yeah, because it, 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 it is hard to find in a way because there are specialty um, online stores that... Um, really specialize in modest clothing so yeah and if you think about it through a, like a historical perspective like before there's um there's a rise in influencers mm -hmm. huge rise in influencers obviously it's like, like a billion dollar industry now but it used to be the media who created fashion mm -hmm. people in the fashion world only right so there weren't many people of religious backgrounds at that time who were in the fashion world mm -hmm. But now the fact that the internet has opened it up to the regular people, fashion has changed so much. Really, yeah, so much. And it's led to modest fashion as being one of the mm -hmm. one of the trends, or not well, trends. when you yeah. when you think about it, there's there are a lot of people in the media, such as the royals. You know, Kate Middleton is is a huge influencer as far as modest fashion. She's always chic. She's always put together, and it really shows. That you, modesty, you don't have to compromise on your modesty because it's it's really, you can really see. Yeah, there are, there are articles on her. Us. Yeah, there are articles from about Kate Middleton and how she's kind of become like the synagogue etiquette mm -hmm. or or I don't know if etiquette's the right word, but just the synagogue like style style. <laughs> and right, right, because people look to her as a way to dress and because she's not compromising anything. She really. Like she modest. wears her, yeah, her skirts go down to her knee. She wears long sleeves. Like she really, she really does embody modesty. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And yeah, I saw Meghan Markle too. She she's pretty modest herself. The royals in she general. Is, I mean, I think they have, I think they have guidelines to abide by at royal right, events right. as well. Right, so for sure, they have their own rule book. But, but there's a there's a reason, you know. Yeah, because they don't want to attract look. attention to themselves. More to events, I would say. Well, you look a certain way when you're when you're dressed in that like chic and, and modest. You know, any more attention, right? To you're themselves. not because right. <laughs> they're always they're not gonna... showing certain things, right? Certain body parts and things like that. Because as we've talked, like people have talked about before, and in general, modesty is really all about focusing more on like your inner self and not on your external self. So it's about. Right. Not having that sexual allure or... I also think that like fashion and style, um, really, it really portrays who you are on the outside. You know, it lets people know who you are. If you're dressed in a certain way, it really... Um, people can see a lot. It shows a lot about, about you. Yeah. yeah. So I think it has to do with psychology and fashion, you know, what you're podcast is about i really think it goes hand in hand um that was one of my questions so you do think 
psychology definitely is significant in an important lens to use while looking at modest fashion or at any part of the fashion industry. For sure. I think fashion also, um, you know, it kind of influences your psyche, if that makes sense. That like, makes sense. you know, it, it, you know, with that study we were talking about with the, you know, wearing white coats and 10 of them were told they were doctors, 10 of them were told they were painters. So they kind of took on the persona of whoever they were told they were, you know, so it really affects how you act and how you interact with the world. Yes. And for our listeners, we talked about this in maybe our second episode on enclosed cognition. We talked about it more in our third episode, but it basically just says that what you wear influences the way that you're going to act and the way that you're going to think. And for sure. I mean, this is what I like when I work with clients, um, I really, I really try to show that what you wear and the style that you choose, um, can show people kind of like a window into your inner, you know, to, you know, who you are. So, you know, sometimes you think materialism, it, sometimes it could keep you from having good style because you think it's a bad thing. But it doesn't have to do with, with acquiring so much stuff. It's really about... Or like, designers if you don't want to. Right. Say. Learning right. just what, what works for you and, and what you should be wearing to portray that who you are, you know. So. so you don't think that the movement in general is kind of... This is just plain devil's advocate. Just wondering. It's just a little hypocritical to what... Judaism or other religions say in general to be modest and to not attract attention to yourself. But when you're looking for beautiful styles and Mm -hmm. beautiful clothing, it still looks, it looks great. So do you think the community or even I'm sure the ultra Orthodox might say something about it, but do you think in general, um, it is hypocritical or there is a backlash or you felt, you feel that at all within the community or no, I don't think so. I think it goes back to how Judaism views uh, women and really, you know, you're supposed to take care of yourself. You're supposed to um, be healthy. You're supposed to make healthy choices, but you're also supposed to put yourself together and, you know, and, and not dress, you know, what's the word? Um, Schlubby, you know, you really should put yourself together and that's the Judy, that's the way Judaism feels. And, And, and says that women should take care of themselves. They should buy beautiful things, you know. But there's also, you know, you should definitely act the part too. Just dressing modestly. And if you don't act modestly, then those two go hand in hand. So it's kind of a balance. You really should have a balance. And there's no reason you can't look beautiful or however you'd like to look and cover up. Right. So. There's a way to be attractive and not attracting you know? Yeah, that so, makes sense. I think that you Definitely. should do what feels modest to you and and whatever I, makes your connection to God stronger. Yeah. It's not really about what other people think. It's about what you feel. Yeah. I do think you're right in the way, like, you don't want to, and I don't even think this is about people of a certain religion. You don't want, you're at a certain event or you're 
at work and you don't want to attract a certain type of attention. So but also when it makes like, sense. Well, when you're dating or you're going out there, you want to be put together because people do, I don't want to say judge, but they do look at, they do, um, you do give off a certain uh, image or something, you know, when you're dressed in a certain way. Uh, people view you in a certain way, you know, so you don't want to give off a, a bad impression. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. Like I'm thinking about my first dates, which I haven't been on in a while, but like I definitely always dress more conservative mm-hmm. than maybe I would all normally right? because I don't want to almost give any impression. I don't want to give a negative impression or I just, I want to give a neutral impression, right? Because I want them to like talk to me and get to know me right? for who I am, for who I am, because it, it does say a lot by what you wear, but mm-hmm. I of course want to dress nicely and still, um, represent who I am to a point. So right. I think that's, is well, interesting. Like you on an interview, you know, you, you want, you want whoever's interviewing you to, see that you put yourself together and that you really mean business and you're professional, you want to give that impression. So you dress the part. Yeah, exactly. Well, although mainstream retailers still have a lot of work to do to include this, um, in a more kind of like prevalent way, it's still, there's still a lot more to do. I, I feel it's like it's in a good dire- It's going in a good direction. It's going in a really good direction. We were talking about before, we started the podcast today, how undressing fashion is an, kind of an oxymoron to, Cause we're talking about modesty. to modesty, but you know what? And I meant by undressing fashion is we're undressing the reasons getting behind, to the bottom. <laughs> we're getting to the bottom of like what modest fashion is, what certain types of just certain types of subjects are within the, the fashion industry. We just want to know why. So like, right. why does modest fashion exist? And you're one of our first like commentaries on it so yeah thank you for having me yes thank you Megan I'm so glad we've had a conversation about modest fashion I think it's a really interesting topic that is like the perfect expression of identity and fashion yeah she was really interesting and coming from a modern Orthodox Jewish background in general, it just kind of gave us a perspective. And obviously we're going to end up looking at some other faith-based religions as well to see how those perspectives differ in thought. Absolutely. I mean, something that's really interesting for me, though, is that the modest fashion phenomenon has taken so long to take off in terms of it being acknowledged by the fashion industry and high street and luxury designers. Uh, having sections for modest fashion and having lines dedicated to that and using models from that background. Because, you know, these religions have obviously, they've been around forever, for thousands of years. These communities have been around and they've largely been left to look after themselves when it comes to fashion. And it's incredible to think that it's only been in the last few years once these communities have taken it into their own hands with social media and kind of connecting amongst themselves and showing the fashion industry just what a powerful market they can be in terms of spending. Yeah, it seems like social media was really a game changer for them. 
it really gave them a voice where I think these um, communities didn't feel like they had one, where it was like the fashion media was running it all and it was all coming from runways, then going to high street. And there was just not much they could do about it. So they would use extra material or whatever they had to do or have like specialty shops and just didn't really depend on the main retailers, even though that I'm sure they got basics there and everything. It's just, it's great that this market is now being focused on. Cause as you said, in like your introduction, how I still think it's a problem with the fact that the market doesn't really know how to accommodate them. Because as Leslie said, she's like, well, even though I can wear a long dress, it can't have an open back. Right. Or if you're of a different faith, it needs to be a certain look that I think modesty is so ambiguous and so dependent and so relative that there's no, it, it's not easy to accommodate them. So the market is really working at it. And I also think trends like long dresses are in and modesty in general, even if it's people aren't looking at, at it with a modest lens it is kind of a mainstream trend. Totally. You know, high necks, like Victoriana, all of that stuff. It's really in at the moment. Me too. It's like my favorite. But, uh, you know, it's 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 modesty not for necessarily the reasons that some of these communities might be engaging in it for. I think that's also really interesting is you guys spoke a bit about, you know, going on a first date or a job interview where modesty is embraced by kind of everybody for but it might be for different reasons to other people. And I think that that's also interesting as well. It's not just for some communities. It's something that's a constant in a lot of people's lives. Right. Like we were saying, her motivations are more to identify with a group, to still feel beautiful. And my motivations would be more just so that I'm not attracting someone to be attracted to like certain sexual parts are making them noticeable because I want them to focus on different aspects of me. But that is what she's saying as well. It just comes from a different perspective. Exactly. For her, it's always linked back to religion and to her relationship with God, as she said. And I think that that's also, it's like, it's, it's an added layer to the motivation. So they might seem similar on the surface, but there is another layer to it that might differ between communities. And as you said, it would be interesting to hear um, for us to do some further interviews in, in future episodes with people from different backgrounds to hear how those might be similar or different, how experiences might vary. Yeah, and we all have our own definitions of modesty. And just like going on a job interview, you're most of the time going to wear pants or a nice blazer. And I know... Um, work environments are a lot more chill now, but it's still, I think most of the time you want to lean towards modesty because you don't want anyone judging you in other ways. One thing I did notice that they were, that Leslie was saying was that Judaism is about taking care of yourself and like being present for other people and being there for God. But I like that they choose fashion as a way to present themselves. And as I said, I am of the Jewish faith. Like I can see that fashion is a big part of like the synagogue etiquette. And it's a part of every etiquette. As we said, we talked about it before in um, the last episode where 
people decorate themselves. I just find that so interesting. It just basically confirms everything that we said, that psychology and fashion are intertwined and that clothing is integral for so many different people. And it's so tied up with our identities and the way we want to present ourselves to the world. So thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram at Undressing Fashion and you can also find us on Facebook at Undressing Fashion. So bye for now from Eden and Megan. Thanks for getting undressed with us.